Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Bothel Amplified. Pastor Joe here and happy Earth Day. Uh, this week in worship, we celebrated Earth Day and listened for the call to be reconciled to God, to one another, and to all of creation. Uh, drawing from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 to 21, we looked at the ways that uh, God is inviting us to be reconciled. So check out this sermon. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, it was really warm and sunny here in the Pacific Northwest for like two days, a short window of time before we returned to the clouds and the cold and the rain. And it appears we might be on our way to spring now as we look outside. Uh, in fact, yesterday I was in shorts and a t-shirt all day and it was glorious. Uh, but back a couple weeks ago, uh, the sun and the warmth for those short period of time provided an opportunity for me uh, to lace up my hiking boots, to get my dog and to go on a short hike as part of my Sabbath practice. And one of the places I like to go is, it's called Carkeek Park. It's here in Seattle. And it's a fairly easy walk. It, it's about a three mile loop, depending on where you park. And it, it guides you through this forest and this meadow, uh, the wetlands and the creeks. And it opens up into this beautiful picnic area that, that, that has this view of the sound and the Olympics. And it's one of my favorite places to go. It's, it's a way to get a change of scenery. It's, it's, there's something for me about being by water that seems to lighten that, that load, that, that stress, that, I, that anxiety that I even sometimes don't know that I'm carrying. The, the, the rhythm of the waves it helps me to be conscious of my breath. Uh, the healing effects of the cool breeze on my skin, the, the smell of the water, the trees the plants. I didn't really understand this then, but I remember when I first moved to this area about six, seven years ago, and, and I would go around uh, meeting people, sometimes members of our community, sometimes uh, members who are not connected to our church, or our community, and, and always I would end up taking on this role as pastor, right? We, we, this is obviously true for the people we know, but for even people in the community, we would be sitting down at a bar or at a coffee shop, and always, inevitably, the question would be like, oh, so what do you do? I'd be like, oh, I'm a pastor. And after a brief moment of, do I want to engage conversation or not? We always ended up talking a little bit more, going a little bit deeper, right? We talk about spirituality and being connected to God or to the divine or to the sacred, to the holy. And more often than not, what I, what I found was that people here connected to God in nature. I didn't get it then, but I, I think I do now. Right, for those of you who like to hike or, or camp or sail, who go alone to be with God or to find that deep intimacy with God in those spaces or those places, uh, watching the sunrise or watching the sunset or uh, experiencing the vastness of God through the water or the abundance of God through uh, the trees and the fields. The reality is that today we, we see the world around us, though, often in despair. Now, I wonder if you remember this commercial. It was about a year ago. It's a Volvo commercial, and they called it the ultimate safety test. Uh, they, they took us viewers into the factories where they showed uh, all kinds of different collisions, right? Collisions from the front or from the side or from the back, and, and these collisions would, would measure safety. And at the end of the commercial, they, they drive us across this gorgeous, gorgeous Arctic scenery. It, it's to this Arctic test facility. 
And there's a car hanging up from a crane about 100 feet in the air. And the narrator uh, goes, this is the big one. This is the ultimate test. And we watch a glacier behind him crumble in the ocean. And then it fades to black with the words, climate change is the ultimate safety test. We know that greenhouse gases are causing extreme weather patterns that encroach upon animal habitats, causing polar ice caps to melt and forest fires to rage. Uh, There's harmful chemicals and packaging plastics that are uh, being amply overused in agriculture. Cities are, are facing clean water drinking shortages. Oceans are being polluted, destroying coral reefs and endangering sea life that threatens the already fragile balance of those ecosystems. I remember uh, when I was in fourth grade, uh, much of the United States was preparing to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Earth Day. Uh, In 1970, Senator Gaylord Nelson, Congressman Pete McCloskey, and activist Dennis Hayes joined together to launch Earth Day on April 22nd. And it was intentionally a weekday that fell between spring break and final exams to maximize uh, student participation for teach-ins that would happen on college campuses. And in the end, Earth Day inspired 20 million Americans to to take to the streets and parks and auditoriums to to demonstrate against the impacts of 150 years of industrial development, which left this growing legacy of human health impacts. Thousands of colleges and universities organized protests around the deterioration of the environment, and there was these coast-to-coast rallies in cities and towns and communities. And this movement would lead to the creation of the uh, United States Environmental Protection Agency, the the passage of uh, first of their kind environmental laws like the National Environmental Education Act, the Occupational Safety and Health Act, the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, and the Endangered Species Act, among others. But in fourth grade, I knew none of this. I was excited to have been given the speaking part in uh, the spring concert where all the grades of our elementary school would perform around this theme of Earth Day, the 25th anniversary, and I had the last line in the whole thing. And so the whole uh, school, all the, all the grades would line up and we would sing this song and something like, you can celebrate Earth Day and I can celebrate Earth Day and we can celebrate Earth Day. And the pianist would still be playing quietly in the background as I walked up to the mic with the final words, let's celebrate Earth Day together, today and every day. Thunderous applause for me, I, I mean for the school. That imperative seems so much more pressing today than it did almost 30 years ago. I mean, I have kids now. I have more responsibility and more accountability over my actions now. Perhaps I have a better understanding of my faith now. We're one week removed from celebrating Easter, Christ's victory over death, over the powers of this world that put him to death, and we remember his resurrection as the start of something new, as as the promise of God's preferred future to come. Because remember, resurrection cannot be this one-time event that we commemorate year after year after year. Resurrection must bring revolution in our hearts, revolution in our relationships, revolution even in our communities. Resurrection must bring about something new. It must transform the ways that we do life. And I think part of that 
is transforming the ways we relate to the world, to the natural world. See, Paul's writing to this church in Corinth, and there's, there's some conflict. And we know that there's been this conflict from his first letter to uh, them and to what we now know as 2 Corinthians. And most scholars, they believe that this letter is actually a series of letters that were compiled into one because we see this movement of themes. Uh, we, we see Paul defending himself against some of these other religious leaders. And we see him then defending himself uh, and his own character and his actions. And then we see uh, that there's this love and heartbreak story that happens with this community that he once founded. And then it ends with this anger that he feels and the betrayal of trust and this loss of faith. But but in chapter 5 of our our text this morning, Paul is just gently reminding. He's maybe even urging these Corinthians to remember who Jesus is and the work that Jesus calls them to do. And it's a simple thing. It's, it's to be reconciled to God who is reconciling the world to God's self in Christ, who entrusts the message of reconciliation to us as we are to be ambassadors of Christ. Reconciliation. But this text is so often used to only speak about human relationships, right? Reconciliation between Paul and the Corinthians. Reconciliation between Corinthians to Corinthians. Reconciliation between you and me or to those of us who are having conflict. I wonder if for today we might just stretch our scope just a little bit. And we might expand our scope. Because surely Paul could not have known about the brokenness of the relationship that would exist between us and the world. When he says, in Christ God was reconciling the world to God's self, that word for world, cosmos, is not just the humans that are in it, right? In Christ, God was reconciling the world, the cosmos, the whole of creation to God's self. And therefore, might we not only be called to reconcile with one another, but also to be reconciled with the world Reconcile, Latin, uh, re, again, concile, to make friendly, to, to restore to friendship or harmony, to settle or to resolve. But, but here's the thing. In order to do that hard work of reconciliation, to, to do that hard work to make friendly again or to restore, there first needs to be an acknowledgement that harm was done. To make friendly again means that at one time things were friendly, Things stop being friendly, which necessitates a need to make friendly again. To restore, it means there once was, that that thing is no longer there, which means we need to restore back to that which it was the way it was. So hear me. We have hurt creation. We have broken our relationship with creation. We have hurt one another and broken our relationships with one another because of our desire to take more and more and more from creation. We have made our relationships with creation and with one another transactional and not of love. We have hurt creation We have broken our relationship with creation. 
We have broken our relationships with one another because of our relationship with creation. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by repenting and acknowledging the hurt. And it's going to go something like this. As people of faith committed to justice and peace, we acknowledge the history, spirituality, culture, and stewardship of the people of the lands where we live, work, and worship designated as the traditional territory of the Coast Salish, Duwamish, and Stiligwamish peoples. We repent of violence, we repent of broken covenants, and we seek to live in respect and right relation, and we remain mindful of our need to make things right. And then, we're going to do the hard work of making things right. We're going to do the hard work of reconciling because as people of faith, as ambassadors of Christ, we are called to do that hard work of reconciling. A couple years ago, I remember we, uh, stay, we, we were standing right up here. It was towards the end of service, and uh, someone from Earth Ministry came uh, and presented to us this banner. It's Earth Ministry Greening Congregations Partner. I remember being so proud. Right, Our church and our leadership, uh, they had gone through uh, the hard work of making this commitment of designing goals and, and creating this plan of how we would live into this. And I remember being so proud. I know I was so proud because I still have the picture from that year where I'm standing up here with this big grin on my face. But can I confess something to y'all? I haven't thought much about this since then. In fact, uh, this week I had to text Pastor Kristen and I had to ask her, where is that banner? I don't know. Church, I need to do better. If we're honest, I think we all need to do better. See, I don't want to be people of faith in name only or in words only. I want to do that intentional work of doing, going deep into the discomfort of reconciliation. I want to do it with you. So here's the commitment. See, we will be reconciled. I believe that one day we will be reconciled with our indigenous siblings, with, with each other, with creation. I don't know what that means yet. I know that together we'll find out. Because we'll learn. And we'll grow. And we'll repent, and we'll repent some more. And then we'll learn some more, and we'll grow some more, and we will be on our way to reconciliation, so much so that we will experience that which Paul writes about, this this holy transformation that we experience when God reconciles all of the cosmos, all of the world, all of creation, and all that is in it to God's self. And I hope that you will be on that journey with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for this time together, for an opportunity to be gathered in worship, and for the challenge to repent, to recognize the ways in which we have not lived into your call. 
And so make us bold to do that hard work, to travel through the discomfort, and to experience the transformation on the other side as we see one another with love, as we see creation with love, and as we care for one another in the abundance of love which you provide. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, so that was our Earth Day sermon for this year. Uh, We really hope that it inspires and challenges you to look at the ways that you are being reconciled with the earth, uh, with all of creation. Whatever you do this week, uh, make it intentional and find ways to do that hard work of reconciling and have a wonderful, wonderful week. 